0: Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because...
1: clear alcohols are for rich women on diets.
0: Now, here's your Drunk Saints History host who is... Bombed out of his gorge. Alright, so you paid for it. So you get it. It's another episode of Saints Drunk History. This this episode, we have another special guest, uh, an old friend of mine from way back when, Scott Prather of 1420 uh, ESPN Radio in Lafayette. Go on the internet, and you can find his show. He's phenomenal. In your afternoons, when you don't want to do work, me and Scott know each other because we used to work back uh, for Intercom in the days, the, the halcyon days of WWL Radio, Uh, Scott, thanks for giving us time tonight as we discuss the 2010 New Orleans Saints.
1: And as you drink, Ralph, I I mean, you're probably the only person that (laughs) remembers this. But but depending on how much you've drank, you might not. What was the first show that I was ever on and you were on it on occasion? I would have to call you as the producer of this show at like, six in the morning and you'd wake up, you'd be like, Who's this? Oh, God, you know, why are you calling? I can't and remember I was like, his, oh, fir- he-
0: <laughs> his first name is Terry. He was on thirteen that's right, that's his, right. his thirteen fifty and he went to work for Ray Nagan when Ray Nagan got elected mayor.
1: Yeah, he I, was the mayor's spokesman. That was Terry Davis. Terry the, Davis. Was New Orleans New Orleans living. And I was just happy to be on the air, you know, I was like fresh out of college that's and then the guy quit that was doing it before. So I was producing the show when I do these sports updates. And then three months later, his show got canceled and they took it off the air. <laughs> but for three months, I would I would occasionally call Ralph yes. and wake him up. and He'd be like, <laughs> what? "Wait, what did I agree to do? Yeah, I'm oh like, yeah, that's right. I got to talk then, sports." And
0: then forever. like I remember, like you were sick one time or something, or you had to you had a, and They, made, I had to produce it, and they're like, "You're doing the sports update?" I'm like doing the sports update Mom. on the air like for real <laughs> I'm like do you you want me to do that and I did it it was terrible it's like it was like this without the cursing so um I I, I admit like I unabashedly love the 2010 Saints. And I know, we'll get to the ending and the beast quake and all that horribleness, but I love the 2010 Saints because the 2010 Saints Scott is just, like, 2009 was magic, right? And, this, like, the this, 2009 Saints delivered all our dreams and, and, and everything we could ever fucking want, right? So, like, the all, I don't even think they had an off season in 2009. I think it was, like, a two-week break. All we did was watch highlights and America's game until the season started. Pretty much, yeah. Until the season, the season started and we were off and running. But it was magical because, like, there was nothing in 2010 that could, like, that ruin 2009. Like, they could have gone, like, 5 and 11. You'd be like, I don't give a fuck. They won the Super Bowl. It's all good. I got the T-shirt. I got them. I spent, like, $400. I got – I'm drinking I'm drinking scotch – I mean, uh, bourbon. I'm drinking Elijah Craig bourbon out of Saints World Championship tumblers.
1: Oh, yeah! I've got. I'm drinking a uh, Sapporo beer right now. That's in a a cooler, like a koozie, a bottle koozie, and it's a Saints one from 2009 Super Bowl champs. I figured I would do it for this occasion. And uh, you're right, man. That 2010 the the anticipation of the kickoff, you know, the it's Thursday funny. night opener. It was it was awesome, but it was more of like that Super Bowl glow, like you were saying. You were still just like, oh yeah. Saints are hosting the kickoff for the whole season because Super Bowl champs like the game the game was as much as we had watched on replay and NFL films the win over the Vikings in the NFC Championship game and Favre's coming back you know that game the build up of breaking it down it wasn't your typical let's break down a Saints opener it was no, let's just so I, party, I let's party see, and blow it out I want to
0: see the banner fucking drop baby that's what I'm here to see you know <laughs> like Hell oh, yeah! That's what you know, it was.
1: It was uh, twenty. You know, until you were telling me about it, I don't know that I ever appreciated twenty ten as much as I could oh, because I, I mean, look, I the it. Super Bowl glow is still. Ralph, you know this. It's still there for some Dude, people. It's the I mean, it say, three straight say, seven and nine seasons, and it's say. like, shit. How, you know you, this is this is below mediocrity? of you like, yeah. But I mean, the Super Bowl, it's
0: Like, yeah, that, that was, that was a long time ago. Two thousand nine. I was. I wasn't even married, and I didn't even own a house. That's how long ago it was. So like yeah. here's the ne- thing. Neither was I. And we didn't have <laughs> kids either, yeah. so things have changed. I had somebody on Twitter, they were like, You know how long two thousand nine was was ago? My kid was just born, now he's doing fucking long division. That's how long ago two thousand nine <laughs> is. <laughs> like it's a good point, man. So um so it was it was just phenomenal. It was just like this glow. And here's the thing, like, you go into the to the year and the opening game, like, they dropped the banner, and the Saints, you know, in, in 2009, their offense just kicked ass. They could run the ball. They did whatever they wanted. They created a ton of tournaments. The opening game, they beat Minnesota, like, 14-9. to And it was, like, it wasn't, like, cold water, but it was, like, a realization that, like, in no sport, not, not, maybe basketball, but in baseball and and football and college football, you don't pick up where you left off the year before. Like, it's just completely fucking different. And that's what it was with the Saints. Like, they scored 14 points. They couldn't really run the ball. Uh, But their defense was really good. And they held Minnesota to 253 yards. They got a bunch of turnovers. But it was like, it was kind of like a thing where, like, two thousand nine, like, it's still two thousand ten. It's going to be fun. You're going to love it. But like, the actual team and how they play is going to be completely different.
1: There was there wasn't any points in the fourth quarter of that game. So the Saints, you know, opening drive down the field, Devery Henderson, twenty nine yard touchdown from Drew Brees, and that that Super Bowl glow. You're is like, fuck, we win the next five was, Super Bowls, was, baby. Was, yeah, we're <laughs> never gonna we're never
0: gonna lose again. No.
1: And then the game slowed down, and at that point. No one knew that Brett Farr was going to actually play like a forty-one-year-old. You know, everyone was still hung up on his season before. Dude, and then, he as that cooked. season went on, he, he realized that the Vikings weren't that good, and no. yeah, that that game wasn't really like like aesthetically. It's not a game you'd go back and be like, Man, I want to go watch the highlights no, of that. It really was an ugly game. It was but it was hell. the Saints for Super Bowl champs and they won. So we yeah. just kinda of took it and said, Hey, it was a beautiful thing.
0: So, you know, and when they win and, and they had the draft that year and, you know, they, they had and, uh they picked uh Patrick Robertson, right, and, and corner. That's right. And Jimmy Graham, who was a tight end, but he wasn't he wasn't really playing yet, but we'll get into him. He features kind of weirdly big in this season if if people don't remember. So they go to San Francisco and and it's a Monday night game, so it's fun, and it's a road game. And this might actually be the one of the last road Monday night games that the Saints have won. I think. Um, but they beat they they beat San Francisco twenty five twenty two. Garrett Hartley kind of struggles, but the Saints are like they're kind of cruising in this game. It's like it's like. Uh, it's like 16 to 7, and, it, and, and it's fine, and then it's like uh, 20, then it's like 22, because they, they, it's like 22 to 14, and you're like, they're cruising, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, this game is, how did this game get t-? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day,
1: that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: All right. And that started the theme of 2010 where, like, the Saints would, like, pull these close games out of their ass. Yeah, it, it, that
1: is maybe my favorite win
0: of that. whole season <laughs>
1: Wow. Because it, it's, it's Monday night, it's on the road, but it's the Niners. And all the history, yeah. right, for any longtime Saints fans, I, I remember after that game being like, that's what it felt like for the Niners all those years back in the you know the dome late '80s early '90s. It, the Niners. Had these great teams, yeah. and they could outplay the Niners from like almost start to finish. And they would pull games out of their ass, and they would always find a way. And the Saints would make a little mistake here, a little mistake there, and it would just it would it would oh it would get under my skin. I just freaking hated them. Yeah. And here are the Saints now; they're the defending champs. They're at Candlestick not a place they were historically very good. A dump. And it's the Niners making the mistakes. It's the it's the Saints just taking the last drive down the field and Hartley kicking this just fish of I mean it was such yeah. a he was so lucky it didn't get blocked. It was this ugly kick that kind of it it almost looked like a knuckleball but it just it went through the uprights and the Saints got out of there, you know, by the skin of their teeth yeah. and it's, suddenly they're 2 and 0 and it's like that felt like the way the Niners used to beat the Saints back in the day when they were looked at as a top dog, and they just hey, find a way it, you know, drive Saints fans nuts because you'd be like, shit, we we were better, but nobody remembered that. Yeah. They just
0: remembered, hey, look, hey, you lost to the Niners. Here, this this drive when they it's tied 22 apiece with a minute 19, I'm going to read the play-by-play. Play. It's like straight, it's like it, it encapsulates like the golden era of Saints football. Uh, you know, first play, uh, Pierre Thomas for eight yards, Pierre Thomas for 14 yards. Timeout. Oh, uh, Drew Brees Pierre. to Colson incomplete. Drew Brees deep to Colson for 30. Spikes ball. Hits Jeremy Shockey for for 4 yards. Uh, timeout number 3. False start Charles Brown cuz he was terrible even then. And Garrett oh. Hartley kicks a 37-yard the 37-yard field goal. Everybody in San Francisco drives home pissed off. You know, but it's like the Golden Age. Tell it's me like this, Colston that does Pierre Thomas, it's like the Golden Age, man.
1: Tell me that doesn't sound exactly like a play-by-play of a game the Niners would have pulled off against the Saints
0: no, it just would have been back been,
1: in the late eighties, early nineties, like when the Saints were good. I mean, yeah, there were times it would have be, been Niners like first, Steve,
0: but. it'd been like Steve Young to Ricky Waters, Steve Young to Ricky Waters, Steve Young to Rice, Steve Young to Taylor. Mike Koefer kicks field goal. Saints get their heart ripped out.
1: Boom. That's it. I mean, it was, and so it felt so good did It to just, and just, and they're two and zero. you feel like it's one of those, they, I like to call them the medicine season, right? A team that's not used to, to, to that level of success wins it all. They typically have a medicine season. My friend, Kevin Foote says that. And so you're almost expecting them to take this step back. And in some ways they did, but, but Ralph, maybe not as much as, as people remember, because they won so many games like that one in 2010. That win over the Niners, yeah. it really was like a paradigm for so many of the wild wins yes. they would get that year. It's, it's maybe my favorite win. Well, no, look, they I gotta be they won and they uh, and won at the Georgia Dome. I mean, anytime they, you beat the they Falcons got some, on national TV, I don't know. I
0: love. There's so many good wins in 2010. We're gonna get to because we're going through it game by game because we're drunk. I'm drunk. So they, then yeah, they, right, they go to play it. Atlanta. And and it's a a Sunday afternoon game. And this game kind of like swung the whole year. And it started to like – not that you thought it was a crisis, but looking back at it, you were like, oh, yeah, Hartley wasn't that consistent. They played Atlanta, and it was – that game was just great. Like Atlanta was fired up. Atlanta was like, we have to beat the fucking Saints and retake the division blah, blah, blah. So that game was just – as far as, like, you talked about not wanting to watch a football game in the minute of the Vikings. You want to watch this Saints-Atlanta game, except that the Saints lose in heartbreaking fashion. But that, just for a phenomenal game, I mean, Lance Moore had an 80-yard touchdown. He, he was another, unbelievable. He had another 16-yard. He had, a great, he had a
1: huge punt return, too, in that yeah. game, where I think he, he brought it down deep into their territory. Yep,
0: yep. And he caught a 16-yard touchdown. So, there's, it's there's, Garrett Hartley kicks the 32-yarder with, like, four seconds left to tie the game but then in overtime he shanks like a makeable one Uh, 29
1: yards 29 29 yards I was right there sitting in the freaking end zone and this jabroni comes out and just shanks it and I there's that there's that great shot where you know Tom Benson God bless him he's sitting up there with Gale and he stands up and he starts cheering like oh I think that was somebody tells him no, no he missed they, they, I they they that missed it. I think
0: that was 2009 versus Tampa, but the same thing. The weird thing with Hartley is, like, if that kick would have been from 49, like, it would have been money. Like, Hartley, yeah. like, 45 out was money. And it didn't matter. Like, in the Super Bowl, you can make an argument Hartley's MVP. I, I'm, and, and people laugh at me, but he kicked three 40-plus yard field goals, and all of them felt like they were Nailed. gigantic. You know,
1: yeah. And, he, but, he was like he was. He was great in in. So he didn't like two thousand nine. Ralph. He didn't play until the win over Washington. Yeah. He was suspended for four games, and then Peyton. You know, I mean, part of him felt bad Carney by cutting Carney, and another part of him just he didn't trust him yet, so he had to keep Carney there and keep him kicking. Yeah. But uh, in two thousand ten, man, Hartley, this was kind of the beginning of of the the up and down yeah. uh, wreck that he would be, and as you said. Uh, I mean, first of all, I don't care what season it is with the Rick. You lose to Atlanta in overtime oh, with by, for, Matt Bryant field goal. It, yards. You, just, you feel like shit. It's it's the worst. Yeah. But having Hartley just shank a 29-yarder when you could have gone up 3-0, uh, 3-0, and, and in the end, the way the whole season shakes out, he makes that field goal. Granted, you know, look, if he makes it and they win, maybe their mindset's different and they lose game they would have won or vice versa. But just looking at how it would have affected the standings the rest of the year, the Saints aren't on the road playing a 7-9 team. They're at home with a bye, and they're the one seed in the NFC if he just makes that kick, but yeah. he doesn't.
0: And then uh, Hartley, I want to say he got, he got injured and was out for the year, right? Like he, something happened to him. Cause, because the next week they play Carolina, and Carney comes in and saves them, Or maybe they just, you know, I, I want to say.
1: Well, I, I know, so he missed, I, know, I remember he missed all of 2011. That's when they had in John Casey. But um, I don't. I mean, look, Garrett. Whether it be, I mean, one time he missed four games because he was suspended because he took Adderall for what he said he was, you know, he was drunk. driving. Gar- uh, from, that,
0: Gar- that was that was '09. No, Garrett Gar- Hartley, he played in 14 games, did. but Carney played in two games. I don't, I don't like. Maybe I'm, I'm really drunk, but I can't, I, I can't remember. But Carney like played like two games in that year for randomly, and Carney like saved them the next week in Carolina as. Carolina was. Fucking- I
1: think, honestly, Ralph. I think they just signed Carney in response to that, yeah. and then they made him an inactive for the next two games because Pablo no, was Carney- so.
0: Yeah. He was
1: so just. But Carney they- they made kicking- the kick was-
0: the next week. Carney made the two kicks to beat Carolina, who was fucking. Dreadf- <laughs> was fucking. Dreadful. What's that? Uh, I think. I think
1: he. Uh, I think he. So he kept. He kept two kickers yeah. until a bunch of injuries kept mounting up at mm-hmm. other positions, and then he decided to cut Hartley. Because, and then he later signed a contract extension that yeah. made him the highest paid kicker in the game at the time, which is freaking nuts. And then he missed all the next season. I mean, that, that Garrett Hart, you could, if Garrett Hartley writes a book, I'm reading
0: it. Yeah. Garrett Hart, every time the Saints need a kicker, we're like, call Garrett Hartley out the duck line. Uh, so. so He's they, on YouTube. Yeah. Gators. So, so they, they beat Carolina 16, 14 and, um, they're 3 and 1 and you're like, "Cool, is It's fine. We're going we're going 12 and 4 13." Then they go to Arizona and get, and just get curb stomped by like an Arizona team that like like and when I tell you Max Hall,
1: yeah, Max Hall is right? the quarterback. Max
0: Hall <laughs> who I don't think like just that's unbelievable. But the, like this is where like the craziness started with the Saints cuz like Liddell Bets was getting 10 carries in that game, which is insane. And Chris Ivory and the running back injuries started to mount, you know, like Reggie was hurt and Pierre was hurt and, and that's when the, the, the running back injuries started to mount. So the saints go, um, three and two, but then they play, they go to Tampa and they pistol whip Tampa cause Tampa's, you know, the saints always seem to do really well in Tampa. Right. Um, you know. It was
1: probably their most dominant. It, 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 you know, I know they had a win against St. Louis in the Dome later that year against, uh, you know, rookie Sam Bradford. But I think that win against Tampa was their most dominant performance of the season. Chris, like, it was thirty-one to six. It could have been fifty to nothing.
0: Chris Ivory, fifteen rushes for one hundred and fifty-eight. Chris Ivory was so fun, dude. He had no. He just trucked. When when Chris Ivory got going, he was so fun. Like he would just the
1: most violent runner in Saints history. Was, I mean, can we give him that label? Yeah, he was
0: violent. Like, like when you saw him, you're like, yeah, he's not gonna be, he's not gonna be lasting more than like three years because that dude just he like some people look for contact and if they have to do it, they do it. Some people get out of bounds to to preserve themselves, and some people are like, oh, I'm gonna truck this dude. And Chris Ivory was that guy. Like Chris Ivory, he trucked people and he liked to truck people, and it was. Incredibly enjoyable, and you're like, so you like they're four and two. This is great, and then they played Cleveland, and, no.
1: and that that Cole, Cole, that damn Cole game. Cole so Ralph,
0: I, Scott Scotty, I was at that I game. Was,
1: oh. I was as well. I was as well. And and what was that? The, the um, it was David Bowens. You know this old D tackle oh, who had been a Pro Bowler with the Dolphins in a previous life. It felt Tim like, Tim and Bowen, the dude yeah. gets two. The dude gets two pick sixes against Drew Brees in that game, didn't he? I mean,
0: Let's see. it was uh, – David Bow- my, No, my, you're right. Um, David Bowen's 30-yard interception David Bowen's, return. Yeah. David Bowen's 64-yard interception return. How the fuck does that happen? How does He's that like be- a
1: 300-pound guy in his 30s. It was such a bad game. And, and part of me, that 09 season was uh, the first year I was married. And so my wife was going to these games, and she's like, this is fun. you know, And I'm like, well, yeah, this is, you have no idea – all the things that happened before this. And so in 2010, we get, you know, a few extra tickets to the game. So we bring my aunt. we bring her sister and her husband, who's a good friend of mine, and they really haven't been to a Saints game before. And so remembering the way the Dome was rocking so much, you know, in, in, in 09 and, in, you know, in 2011 and most of 2010, they go to this game and the Dome is like, you just got that feeling when you walked in that day, you were like, this, this something's wrong. Yeah. Like Colt, something me, bad is about is, to happen.
0: This is horrible. Colt McCoy, nine of sixteen for seventy four yards, and they yep f- winning but, quarterback. Drew Brees was terrible that game. He threw four picks. He threw for three fifty six. threw threw the ball fifty six times. Um, so then you are like, oh man. But then they come back on a Monday on a on a, on a Sunday night game. It's thanks. It's uh, no. It's Halloween.
1: Halloween. Halloween, Halloween night against, against,
0: yep. Pitt, against Pittsburgh. They beat up the Steelers. It's twenty to ten. You're like, it's fine. And and the thing was, that defense was, the offense was as far as a Sean Payton offense was one of the worst ones. They were like eleventh in points scored. That defense was good. Now I know they played a lot of crappy quarterbacks, but they were fourth in in freaking defense. And they beat people up. Roth, they sacked Roethlisberger three times. They got an interception. Like that defense was. It was like the last – it was like the the last gasp of good Vilma before his knees gave out, and they had a lot of good – person. I mean, that, that defense had a lot of good personnel, and it was it was good. I wouldn't say the defense – I wouldn't say the defense carried them, but as far as, like, being consistent, because the 2009 defense, it wasn't good. It just um, – Of course, hell had a lot of turnovers. It just got a lot of turnovers, but that doesn't make him good. That defense – Had a bunch of guys, they had like, and here's the weird thing about that team is Cedric Ellis might have been the best defender on that team. Like, he was 25, and he had six sacks, and and, and he was like a draft pick where you're like, they drafted him in 08, you're like, he's coming, he was really good last year. 2010, he was really good, and you're like, Cedric Ellis is going to be the cornerstone of this defense. Like, he is going to be a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. And after 2010, he fell off a fucking cliff, Scott, which is... He, he just
1: didn't, he didn't care. Yeah, he, it was I weird, though. Care. Like, he, he had no work ethic whatsoever, like, so When I tell you the amount of reporters and people that knew Cedric Ellis said, yeah. this guy has so much God-given talent. And, like, his, look... He came from a good family. His parents, they, you know, they really, yeah. like, it wasn't like he, his situation was he did not want to put in the work. He liked to party hard. Yeah. He liked to eat the New Orleans cuisine and he didn't like to work hard and practice. And so, you know, whenever you've got that God given talent, you're in your mid twenties and it's working and suddenly, you know, it starts going away. If he had the work ethic, he could still be, You maybe still be playing today, but at the very least. He would have gotten a much bigger second contract. He got and no he second been contract. He would a Saints fans. No, oh, yeah, I mean, I think he, he signed with the Bears and he ended up not even, you know, showing up. Yeah. And if he if he puts a little bit of effort in, Saints fans remember him totally different. Like he, nobody remembers the 2010 Cedric Ellis. They remember the guy that just fizzled out and never lived up to the he was because so, he
0: didn't. He could have been so good. He <laughs> in 2010 he was phenomenal. Like he. In 2010, he was what Nick Fairley was last year, but he was 25. And you were like, that dude, he's the guy. We finally hit a home run on a defensive draft pick. I remember that specific – I think I even wrote a fucking column on it in WWL. But he ended up peeding out. But they beat Pittsburgh just five 5-3. Then they just – like you said, they house Carolina because Carolina that year was just awful. Like Carolina was just awful that year. Um, you know, Um and then, like you say, um, that was
1: uh, their win streak, right? The, the, the Pittsburgh began the six-game win streak. yet you, you had Carolina, you you you, know, you dominate them. But I mean, look, Carolina started Jimmy Clausen in that game. So <laughs>
0: hey man, uh, hey man, it
1: was it was when the win.
0: Saints hold the team without a touchdown in the Sean Payton era, we celebrate it. They're one and seven, and on their way to getting uh to getting um Cam Newton, but Jimmy Clausen eight of eighteen. Uh, they brought in Tony Pike, who I don't, I don't even remember who the fuck that was. Who? They played three. They Tony played, Pike. They played three quarterbacks. They played Clausen, Pike, and Matt Moore. I remember Matt Moore because he started a playoff game for the Dolphins. That's my wife's team, and the, the playoffs this past year. So I don't know who Matt Moore was, but like Tony, pa- like Tony Pike. Pa- I have like some of these people. You're like, oh yeah, I remember him. Like like, uh, but he uh, Tony Pike. I I have no fucking clue who that was. But the Saints just like, you know, I mean. Carolina, they didn't even have a hundred yards passing. I mean, can you? I Like, I mean, that's that's incredible. They had sixty-eight net total yards passing. They had the Saints sacked them four times. They had one hundred and ninety-five total yards. Like, that's crazy. And you know, at the time, I remember thinking to like, man, the Saints. You, you're like, the Saints offense is gonna fall in place. And maybe they'll get some running backs back. We're gonna win it again. And then they had the bye week, and then they play Seattle, and they, you know, they beat Seattle thirty-four to nineteen. And uh, the NFC West was terrible, um, so you're like, whatever. Um, you know, they. Uh, yeah. yeah they- if you weren't
1: thinking in your mind. We're going to face them again.
0: It's no, not going to go well. And then. You're thinking uh, – then, they, to me, it was my two fa- probably my two favorite wins of the year. They played Dallas on Thanksgiving. And the Saints I, – I
1: was I, beautiful.
0: They, they never played – I can't remember in my lifetime the Saints ever played on Thanksgiving. So I was pumped. Like I'm I think like,
1: that's, the, that's the only – yeah. I mean, I can't either. I think that's the only one, honestly. That's so the I, only time they've ever played on Thanksgiving. So I was and- like
0: – yeah. So I was like, this is awesome. We're playing on Thanksgiving. We're going to beat Dallas. This is phenomenal. And that game was – bananas you know um uh, it was it was back and forth like the cowboys had fired um F- wade Phillips and um uh jason garrett was the, like the interim coach you know and the saints it got weird because the saints like got up it was you know chris ivory scored 17 oh, nothing after yeah, the first quarter was, i mean
1: breeze gets him Freeze gets them down in the red zone two times. Ivory gets like two touchdowns from close in. And they're just – and the last time they had played in Dallas prior to that – was 6 uh, well, I don't remember the last time. They, was it was yeah, the last time they played in Dallas. And so you just start having these flashbacks of just, oh, my God, they just dominate when they play the Cowboys. It's this great feeling. And, <laughs> you know, halftime rolls around and suddenly, all right, like it's at 6
0: Miles Austin blast yeah. from the past. Hit the Boom! Yard.
1: Before, by the time you get to the fourth quarter, out, the Cowboys are up, I yeah. mean it's it's 27, 23 and they have uh, the ball, or, or they it, have
0: the ball, yeah, it, and they're running out the clock, you know. Roy
1: Williams, Malcolm, Roy Williams,
0: oh, Malcolm Jenkins makes <laughs> the 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 jank pump where he strips them, gets the ball, the Saints get the ball back, and uh, they drive down, and they, and they go him.
1: down the field, man. They go That's down like, the field like what? I mean. It's, one minute, Ralph. Like one minute, five plays. Yeah, it's like boom, boom, Eighty-nine boom. yards, and, and and there's all these Saints fans in Dallas too. It's, yeah, it's, you can hear them, and, and they, in and Fox is showing all these shots of these Cowboys fans just so distraught. And like <laughs> I, I've never it's, been happier. I've never been more thankful yeah. on Thanksgiving in and, my life. And I remember,
0: and <laughs> it was so fun. And like I, I, uh, I, uh, I'd come in. In 2010, I fly. You know, we we go, me and my my wife, we go in uh, to New Orleans, and my brother always hosts Thanksgiving with his husband. And they, and like, my brother's just a phenomenal cook, and he cooks, and and it's just, John, it's all family. It's just, I love it. It's fun. And uh, all the relatives are there, and all the old relatives that are like 60 and 70 years old, and and the Saints are blowing it, and they're down 27, 23, and they got the ball. They're like, oh, it's the same old Saints. They're going to fucking choke. And And I turned to one of them, and I said, what do you mean the same old Saints? We're the world fucking champions, Saints. We are going down this, in this game, and we are fucking winning because we are the fucking world champions. And everybody laughed at me because I was I was drunk at the time, but they did it, and I was like, "There you go. That's what champions do. That's what champions do." And it was just it was just the best, Scott. It's just, like happy, it's just, thanks, happy Thanksgiving,
1: everybody. I for, love every year. On Thanksgiving, you know, I, I have a few people I know that are Cowboys fans, and I'll always text them the picture. There's just great shot of just Malcolm Jenkins stripping Roy Williams. And, <laughs> you know, it got to a point where they were like, after year three, they're like, all right, this is kind of old. or you know. And then after year four, oh, well, you know, this, this is old news. The Cowboys are this now. And I don't care because I know it bothers them, and I always send it to them. And it's, I mean, if Roy Williams just goes down, Right, they they win, they win the game, yeah. and he decides he decides he wants to try to score. I mean, talk about it—they give up a first rounder for that dude, and talk about a disappointment. So, Cowboys fans already didn't like <laughs> the guy so to good. begin with because he never lived up to these lofty expectations. Uh, and you know, he was he was he was you know notorious. He was known to be lazy at times and a little overweight. So he's running, and here's Malcolm Jenkins, the second year guy who's played corner and safety. And I will he's say this.
0: Takes Jenkins. the
1: ball from him, and you're thinking, is another one of those games, Raph, where you as soon as, as, soon as they stripped him, you knew it was over. Yeah, like, here's the, you thing. Have, the Saints are winning. The, the Saints th- are winning. Here's
0: the thing I'll say about Malcolm Jenkins. He never was as good with the Saints as he was with Philly, and I'll give him that. Probably the Saints just couldn't get it out of him, whatever. But I will always say this for Malcolm Jenkins. That dude always played hard 100% of the time. Like you can I can think of the, the the play in Dallas, a play in Tampa where he chased a dude down and ended up the Saints ended up getting a turnover. Like that dude always played hard and it was he was frustrating because you felt like he should have been better with the Saints. But Saints players that play hard and don't shy from the media, I like them. Like Jason David, fans hate him. I always liked him because even when he had a, he faced game. the music. He faced the music, I mean, and he I'm was like, terrible. He was terrible,
1: but he faced. The yeah, music. and I he didn't learned... put a hoodie on. No, he didn't try to hide his face. No, and he, I, he he I, respect I respect it.
0: I respect it. I, you know, and I always respect the Malcolm. You know, so so they beat Dallas, and then they go to Cincinnati, which, if the Dallas Beautiful. game was crazy, the Cincinnati game was just as bonkers. Like, you know, the Saints. Again,
1: I think they, it's the coldest game. Uh, it, I believe I could be wrong. If it's not, it's like second. It's, you talk about the coldest games the Saints have won. Thirty-two degrees, in franchise history. chill, twenty-three. History.
0: 23. Wind chill, 23 degrees. Yeah, that,
1: that's 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 one of them, man. That's one of them. And yeah, but this, imagine trying to tackle Chris Ivory it, in, in 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 thirty-two degree weather.
0: Yeah, and and the thing is, it's like the Dallas. It's like a replay of the Dallas game. The Saints get up twenty to six, and they're favored by ten. And they're favored by seven. Cincinnati's you know, three and nine, or whatever the fuck they were. And you're like, uh, this is another game. The Saints are going to coast, but they don't. Chris Ivory, another game, 15, 117 and two touchdowns. Like, Chris Ivory, Chris Ivory, like, he's not in the Saints Hall of Fame. He can't be in the Saints Hall of Fame, but if there's like a, a fun player, Saints Hall of Fame, like, he trucked the dude, um, he, uh, on his, he trucked a dude on a 55-yard touchdown run to make it 10-3. It's, oh, yeah. It's like, I, I love Chris. If like, he,
1: if, 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 if Bush and, and more or less Pierre Thomas, and we can get more into Pierre later because there was also that weird backstory of Sean Payton calling him out through the media and, Daniels, uh, and, and wanting well, him to that. play get, that, that that was that was really weird, but he ended up coming back and 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 he helped the Saints beat the Falcons. But he probably shouldn't have been back because no. he was hurt. But but because guys were hurt, Ivory, you know, this guy that you know, similar similar to Kyrie Robinson, a few years later, he just yeah. gets a tryout and he ends up making the team. And they're just like, look, just <laughs> he might not get that. He's not. Get, they knew he's not going to get a second contract from us. But, but if he wants to run like that. Hand him so the freaking ball and I just need, let him go.
0: I might need to get a Chris Ivory jersey. Can they have one on the discount rack at the Black and Gold store? Like I, lo- I, lo- oh, I you, love. You you I love Like five, is, six I, I
1: watched a game in Boston um, at this bar across from Fenway Park in 2011. Which this is in 2011 Saints drunk history. I know, <laughs> but there was uh, there was people. It was weird. It was it was oddly enough. It was a Saints bar. That's how I found out about it. So I rode. Uh, my friend didn't have a car, so we rode bikes over there. And, uh, and, you know, a bunch of Saints people walk in. And you see the Breeze jerseys, you know, typical Shocky jerseys, the usual stuff. I saw this one, you know, the, this one couple, a boy and a girl, they're wearing ivory jerseys. And I'm just, I walked up to them and I just said, good call, good, good call. call. They had no idea what I was saying, but, but I,
0: I had to let them know.
1: That's, that's a good
0: call. That's here's a, a call. fun, interesting thing about Pierre Thomas. The Saints in 2010 were... This close to trading him to New England, I forget who they were. They were going to trade him for a, a, a corner that ended up being a bust and like a fourth round pick. And here's the thing: when I found out about that in twenty after 2010, in the Saints, you know, 2011, they ended up they ended up giving Pierre the extension that he refused, and then he got hurt and he ended up signing it. When here's the thing: people were like, "Should we re-sign Pierre Thomas?" Because I'm like, if Bill Belichick wants him. The Saints need to fucking keep him, and you know, that was my good. that was my whole that was it's my whole good. rationale. It made and I had no facts to back it up at all. It's I was just like, rationale. I was and just like, it. if it Bill Belichick wants him, we need to keep him.
1: Pierre Thomas is one of my favorite Saints of all time, and that 2010 season for him. I mean, he was, he was always a classy dude, but he had that injured left ankle, and then all these reports that the Saints were kind of pushing it back. He got a hernia. And you look, you, you've covered Sean Payton. I mean, he is boys with Jay Glazer. Like, if Jay yeah. Glazer's reporting something, it's it sources, it's coming from Sean Payton. Yeah. Like, Sean would never come out and publicly say, you know, Pierre needs to do this or that. And you're right, they, they came so close to trading him just before the, the trade deadline for, I think, you know, a late draft pick or, or no. No, according to um, the report, if I remember, the Pats, this typical Belichick, they wanted the Saints to throw in a draft. Yeah, and the Saints <laughs> are like, no, <"Nah>, dude, <laughs> no, nah, dude. Nah, nah, killed dude. it. But, like, you think about how good of a player he was, how just – I mean, I, I, get, I get praised Pierre all day, so I'm not going to bore anybody. But um, Peyton's getting getting Jake Lazier to come out publicly. And and, and and at the time, Thomas is is in a contract year, And this is yeah. an undrafted guy. So he's got – He's got so much on the line,
0: and, and, he's and a obviously running he wants to so come this is back. His and, only, and this is his only payday he's ever going to get, right? You know? Exactly.
1: And yeah, but, and and, uh, and then and then you got to factor in that they know a lockout's coming. So there's just so much. There's so much. There's so many clouds over the situation. Yeah. And and when Glazer's saying, "Well, uh, Peyton, you know, through sources I hear is upset about uh, Pierre Thomas not recovering enough or quickly enough," and then somebody leaks a report from Pierre's camp, well, he's his injury is a little more serious because he rushed back and all this other stuff. And, and, and I just remember being so upset that they weren't backing this guy. And they, the truth be told, they rushed him back from injury. And if he, and if he doesn't come back from injury, they don't win that Monday night game in Atlanta, which we'll get yeah. to later, but may, you know, and, and he had a good season in 2011. So I shouldn't say that, that like ultimately it hurt him in the long run, but that backstory of the drama between he and Peyton, that, never really reached major headlines. It was always just kind of lurking in the shadows. Yeah. I uh, I love Pierre Thomas. Well, and he, a... he, he handled it with class. He never he never attacked that game, he ended that... up signing a, a really good deal with the Saints yeah. the next season and, and you know he's one of the most beloved players of
0: franchise. Yeah, history. but that Cincinnati game, like it, it was the Dallas game over oh, they get ahead. Cincinnati pulls yeah, ahead. Jesus. But they drive down the Saints drive down and go ahead 34-30. It was just a just a great drive from Drew Brees. He hits he hits me Meekum for forty two, who had a big game, a fifty touch yard touchdown earlier. He hits uh, Marcus Colson for a three-year touchdown, but there's still like 30 seconds left, and Cincinnati's driving down. And Roman Harper, who is one of my favorite Saints, and I have been blocked by uh, Cian Fahey, who writes a quarterback pamphlet. It's overpriced, by the way. Don't buy it. It's not worth your $20. He blocked me because he, he hates Roman Harper and says he's terrible. And I was like, any dude that plays a decade in the NFL and makes $40 million is not terrible. I don't care what the fuck you say, Irish dude. Roman Harper seals the game with a sack. And I did. Like, Roman Harper, like, yes, he couldn't cover. But, God damn, when he blitzed, it was awesome, Scott. I don't care.
1: He you... was a pro bowler that yeah, year. Yeah. He I was mean... a pro bowler that year.
0: Legit. I mean,
1: he was... People get, we get, like, I get it. When you're on an island and you're not good in coverage, it's easy for everybody to see, right? It's easy to say, you blew it or you couldn't keep up with that. Not to mention, I think covering a wide receiver in the NFL is probably the hardest thing to do in professional sports, aside from trying to, like, hit a fastball off a major league pitcher. He was so good, you know, five tackles in that game, the big sack. You know, Harper's one of the more underrated players in, in Saints history. I'm with you there. But what, what stood out to me most about this game, uh, what I remember most about it, was that on the game-winning drive, when, when, when Breeze hits Colston and they go up, you know, 34-30, they're down three. There's less than a minute left. Uh, and, Never a doubt in my fucking and, mind. So, so it's fourth down. They're, um, they don't have any timeouts left or yeah, it's fourth down. They don't have any timeouts left. So breeze comes to the line and, and, and he starts doing the and, you know, just yelling loud and kind of moving his head just a tad. The thing that he does. And when Sean Payton blows a timeout, Saints fans just get set up and I get it. I don't remember. I don't remember who it was. But
0: some D line jumped offside because that's Cincinnati, what the Bengals do.
1: Jumps off sides, mm-hmm. and it works. And the look on Marvin Lewis's face it's
0: of like, goddamn, you
1: it. gotta be shitting me. Like there's no. But here's way the thing: you like it, it 2000, in
0: 2010, like it was the peak of confidence, and that's what made 2010 so awesome. You were like, "We're the world champions." Of course, the Saints are winning this fucking game. We're not losing to Cincinnati, and it was it was so awesome because. I remember when I was a kid, like when the Super Bowl champion came to your town, when when the you know whoever the Saint when the Saints, if it's Dallas or it was San Francisco or was whoever, when the Super Bowl champion came to your town, like if we could beat the team that won the Super Bowl, it can make our year fifty percent less awful. So everybody wanted to beat the Saints, and the Saints on the road would just rip teams' hard eyes. It was awesome i like the dallas cincinnati game is the peak of 2010 and i know they went home and they they you know they they played sam bradford and the rams and they, they they you know
1: what you know one thing worth mentioning about that game though which was funny because you just mentioned him roman harper there's a play in that game where bradford fumbles the ball at the one yard line and, and Roman and, it, it, and it, lo- it, Roman picks it up, and you're like, oh, he's going to score. And he Keep in mind, Adam got- Jenkins already had a 96-yard interception return in that game, and so you're thinking, here we go again. It's another pick six all, or, or turnover you know, for, for a touchdown all the way across the and field. And Roman Harper and ran out of gas. He, he runs out of gas. Sam yeah. Bradford's like 10 yards behind him, and then he chases him out. And, and it turned out the Saints, I think, were offside, so it didn't matter anyway. Yeah. But after the game, they asked Roman about it. He just smiled, and he's like, no, I, I did that on purpose. I didn't want to run up the score. I was just being <laughs> sportsmanlike and people started cracking up. He yeah. got I mean his teammates gave him so much shit for that. Yeah.
0: Um that's a game where like the running back started to come back. Reggie Bush was back. He had, you know, nine carries. Pierre Thomas had 12. Curious Ivory still led the team in rushing. He had 7 for 47. But you know, they're 10 and 3 and you're like this is great. They go to Baltimore. Baltimore was really good that year. Uh, and they lose only
1: team Drew Brees has never beaten yeah. Ralph, in his whole career the yeah. Baltimore Ravens
0: they beat they they, they lose the Baltimore thirty to twenty four at home and just it was a it was a hard far game that was the, the the one time Channel Four has rejected one of my columns I had to rewrite it because I did a column where I made fun of Ray Lewis I said how much I hated him because he you know he was I mean come on let's be real Ray Lewis, because he's a lesbian because he's a he, he killed a couple guys you know uh and, they, and they're like I won't, I won't go that far they let yeah, they're like good. they're like yeah you can't you can't do that you gotta we gotta we gotta you gotta rewrite i, I, it.
1: I get why they might have said to rewrite I, somebody, i'm like but... i gotta
0: rewrite it i'm like come on you know he did it and, and, and the editors of the time were like we know but you gotta rewrite it so so anyway so then they're 10 and 4 but they go to atlanta on a monday night and this is the thing where like jimmy graham is this rookie who the Saints picked, who he, he didn't really play football. He played basketball mostly. And this is the thing where, like, people are starting to notice, like, oh, my God, Jimmy Graham? He's he's going to be really good. He's yeah, going to be yeah. really good. He caught the winning touchdown, and the Saints win 17-14, and they do the cigar thing after the game, and you're like, fuck, Atlanta, we own your Ass and it was just it was just the, the, it was just like the cherry on top of this great season. They
1: they 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 clinch a playoff berth with the win. They're eleven and four, which I mean, how many times in Saints history have they been eleven and four? And uh, they were the first team in 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 the NFC South to ever earn consecutive playoff appearances at that point in time. Yeah. Beating Atlanta never ever gets old, and 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 doing it in a dramatic fashion. Uh, where you go down the field and you score late uh, on a lot. I mean that dropped thirteen plays, ninety yards. It took half, like seven and a half yeah. minutes. Yeah. Plus, plus Pierre felt you felt like, all right, he's back, and then turns out you know he ended up being hurt again. But there was so much to uh, to love about that game. National TV. I just. Ralph, it doesn't matter. I mean, yes, they blew a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. Any Anything bad that happens to Atlanta, Atlanta and brings, especially when it's at the hands joy. of the Saints,
0: I'll just... I, I mean, and that e- was the point e- where, e- like... Eternal joy. For, like, 2006 to 2011, like, the Saints just fucking owned Atlanta. You know, they just, they just did. And they owned Mike Smith. Whatever he did was the wrong call. So then they go to the season finale, and it was still one of those things, like, if Atlanta loses and we win we can get home, you know, the Saints can get a bye and all that fun stuff. So, so, like, Sean But I Payton, think Atlanta
1: was playing Carolina. Yeah, so like, Carolina was the worst team in the world. Yeah,
0: so it was like one of those things. So Sean Payton had this hard decision to make. He's like, do I do I play my guys? Do I not? And you'd scoreboard watch. And here's the thing in that game that really sort of fucked the Saints at the time and we didn't realize it is Jimmy Graham got hurt in that game. And uh, that was at the point where, where Drew Brees had figured out, like, Jimmy Graham can box people out in the end zone and he's an unstoppable force in the red zone, right? So he gets hurt. And the Saints, they look up at the scoreboard and they're like, ah, fuck, Jimmy Graham's hurt. It's, you know, it's halftime. It's, uh, you know, it, it's 13-10 to 10 or whatever. Well, fuck it. We're, we're pulling everybody. Um, and Tampa ends up winning 23-13, to 13, which uh, they end up going 10-6 and six and not making it, which was really weird for them. Um, so... You know but the thing is the Saints they they, they, um, they lose Jimmy Graham and they go to Seattle and Seattle is seven and nine they're the first uh, playoff team to ever be seven and nine and have a losing record. Uh, um, Carolina would of course equal it with being seven eight and one in 2014 but people were like the Saints are gonna house Seattle and I remember at the time Scott I was like that's not happening. Like, Seattle, nervous. the game was... I mean, it's, it's nervous. You yeah. and I was nervous. I, I, was, I was like... I was so nervous. I was like, that 10.5 points spread, I'm like, no, 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 no. Not on the road. I'm like, not on the road. And and you worried about it. And the thing with that game is, is it was sort of a theme for the Saints all year, is they they jump ahead and they let team back in. And that's the thing. Like, the Saints came out, they drove in the field, they got up 10-0, you're like... It's ten nothing. It's it's cool, and I think even um, I want to say I'm going to go the play by play. I want to say Jabari Greer and have an interception in that game. And Jabari Greer played that whole year where like he couldn't lift his right arm above his head because his shoulder was so wrecked. You know,
1: the the Saints were so beat up going into that game too. Like you know who the leading rusher was in that game for the Saints?
0: Julius Jones, right.
1: Julius
0: freaking Jones smoked, was the lead rusher. He smoked Reggie cigarettes. Reggie gets hurt. Yeah,
1: Heath Evans is playing like running back snaps. Yeah, in Julius that game. Jones and got Bush, hurt too. And Bush Bush dropped a touchdown early in that game too, and they had to yeah. settle for a field goal. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Game. That was like, his last game of the like, Saints.
0: Like, uh, you know, they had problems at the goal line because, like you said, Reggie Bush dropped a touchdown. But if they had Jer- if they'd have had Jimmy Graham, they would have been able to run the little Jimmy Graham to the pylon. It's a to touchdown. And they win that game because Drew Brees was quietly fucking phenomenal in this game. Like, you know. Um, Over
1: 400 yards. He yeah, had no, in, it, what? No, 60 in,
0: no interceptions. Uh, you know, uh, it was just, you know, and um, he was th- 39 of 60, 404 and 2. Um, and it was weird because the Saints defense had been good all year, really good and solid all year, and they just could have sort of collapsed against a bad Seattle team Um, you know we can get into Beastquake Um, the Saints you know here's the thing what you know everybody says about Beastquake Greg Williams preached first guy in second guy strip and populate the football that's uh, what he would say and here's the thing it worked like a charm in 2009 so if you want to knock him so yeah I mean Scott you can't like knock Greg Williams because like all those turnovers in 2009 were great and they won the NFC championship game in part because of it in the Super Bowl and then they tried to do it again in the playoff game in Seattle and it blew up in their face you know so it's
1: it's a terrible visual that that's shown forever till the end of yeah. time like you're going to see Marshawn Lynch's 67-yard run and all these tackles broken. I feel like it balances but, off with and-
0: Seattle with the Super Bowl interceptions Sure. Uh, yeah, there
1: you go. Look, I'll take it, you know, for 0 <laughs> sure, I'll trade anything for that. But the situation, you're right. They're down by four. Uh, Seattle's starting to run out the clock. I mean, I think there's less than three and a half minutes left. You need to get the ball back. And I mean, it's worked before. Hell, it worked in Dallas, you know, in the strip. Granted, you know, Malcolm Jacobs was the first one to track down Roy Williams. Yep. But last like, it was it was. Let's try to get the ball loose and Marshawn Lynch is at Roy Williams. I mean, no, he, it's not beast mode. I mean, <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't work. And in the Saints still, if you're thinking, hey, if an onside kick possible, I mean, they they go right down the field and score. It's forty one thirty six. They uh they couldn't get the two point conversion, but once the onside kick failed, uh oh, you yeah. know beast mode's play became uh became famous. And the Saints were that team that lost to a seven and nine team, and it was a. It was, a, <clears throat> it was a lousy end of the season. It wasn't yeah. – it was lousy. It wasn't devastating like the next year. The end of the next year was devastating. It was just a lousy way to end, you know, statistically, record-wise, one of the best seasons in franchise history.
0: Yeah, and I, I, t- my, I remember, like, when they lost, my wife was like, are you – you know, because my wife <laughs> you knows I, I, I take the Saints as hard as she takes the Astros. And she goes, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, they won the Super Bowl last year and they lost – they lost the playoff game on a great run. Whatever. I'm like, put in the, put, in the, Am- the put, put in the, put in the America, put in the America's game DVD. I'm gonna drink. <laughs> it's fine. You know. I mean, me like Brad I, Pitt narrating. Uh, yeah. Narrating I'm like, the I just story. like it was bad, but I like, like I love 2010. Like I don't like the 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 the, the Quake I'm like, whatever, man. The 2010. Like we just went through it. It was phenomenal. You ivory. I think, that's the worst
1: thing, I think that's the worst thing about, about the, the, the Marshawn run. It's not that you have to see it all the time. It's that by seeing it all the time, you forget how great that season yeah. was for a lot of reasons. You forget about the win uh, at San Francisco, the win yeah, at Dallas, the win man. at man. Cincinnati, the man. win man. at man. Atlanta. Man. Right. The road wins that year were some of the most fun road victories yeah. in franchise history.
0: And you th- that's like I said before, like when you're the Super Bowl champion and you beat a team on the road and you rip their heart out, it's incredibly depressing because we know that as a Saints fan because San Francisco and Dallas and all the NFC teams did it to us repeatedly. And it's just it was just great. This, I think the NFL should market a wrestling belt, Scott, when a team wins the Super Bowl. And you should be able to buy the belt that says like New Orleans Saints World Champion 2009, and you can put it on your mantle. And for the the year after, you should be able to like I would if they would have had that, I would have wore the belt while I watched the games. I'm yeah, not gonna... hey, look. The NFL is all about
1: making money. I would... you know how much money they would make off replica belts? Are you I would me? The, 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 the players are doing it. The players love the players. The love Astros them. do it this I, year yeah, for them. They teams give do it.
0: The, the Astros give the MVP of the game their belt, and the, like the the player gives the interview, he'll have the belt strapped over his shoulder. Like Correa won the belt today because he hit two home runs. How many?
1: How many fantasy football leagues do you have, have a, a belt? belt did, the
0: NFL should do it. I would. I would, if 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 the Saints would have had a World Championship belt instead of instead of spending four hundred dollars on Super Bowl memorabilia i'd have spent like 500 i have a super bowl snuggie a blanket mugs tumblers a gnome like i went my wife was like you are a fucking crazy person
1: i think i would buy a belt that just said on it the falcons blew a 25 <laughs> i would they had a guy they had a
0: guy for bar school sports he had a, he had a um he had a had uh, as a T shirt and it says twenty eight to three and it has the time left in th- the third quarter. It was phenomenal. So I mean, to put a bow on two thousand ten, I say it, look two thousand ten is top five history of the Saints seasons for me. I would rank two thousand nine number one, um, two thousand six maybe eighty seven. You know, uh, and I would say two thousand ten is right up there, like fourth. You know.
1: In 2010, it, it, look, the Saints have they've, they've had 50 seasons, been in the playoffs only 10 times, and that was one of them. And it's the only one, and will only be the only one, where for the first time in your life as a Saints fan, you know what it feels like to be a champion. You know what it feels like for your team to go into another team's arena or if you went and traveled with them on the road, for people to look at the fans as, wait, we're not a joke. Like, we're, we're the Super Bowl no. champs. For and, and the 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 four road victories which we really highlighted, it's a shame that they've been forgotten because of how the season ended. Because they're they are some of the most enjoyable moments oh, that I've had as a Saints fan. I mean, every the the win at San Fran, the win in Atlanta, and and the Dallas followed by Cincinnati. The oh, way those God. two Tremendous.
0: games ended. Tremendous. This is I mean, Atlanta.
1: You look, people should look back at 2010 and smile, and and 2011 is. Is different, you know, and I, again, I know it's not 2011 Saints drunk history because no. if we do that one. I will get drunk because you had to, <laughs> you had to <laughs> I'm sorry, because drunk you right were now. just go. you know, it was sorrow. But 2010, man, that was uh, most teams have that quote medicine season, and I think people often look at medicine seasons as what well, just means you won't win again. No, sometimes a medicine season means you know guys get full of themselves locker room changes and and it's just not a good year no at all. the saints were it like it was a, a good year it was it, a fun year it was
0: the saints were an 8 and 8 9 and 7 team that went 11 and 5 on we're the fucking champion grit or whatever you want to call it it was just it was so fun because all the baggage you know and it's kind of returned now because the saints have had three straight 7 and 9s and you don't feel as confident at the end of games I tell you, man, 2010, when Drew Brees had the ball at the end of the game in Saints' I'm like, they're winning the fucking game, they're winning this game, and it was never that. My my wife is like, you are, biz- why are you so confident? I'm like, why am I so confident? Look at the fucking gnome that says World Champion. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it was great and I loved it. Um, So Scott, again, tell the people how to, how to, they can reach you. I mean, a lot of people, granted they're, they're all over, surprisingly, we have people all over the world that listen to probably tell them they can, they can find you on the internet and they can get, which is, a sp- I don't, I'll admit, I don't listen every day, but I listen a lot when I have the time at at work, but tell them how they can find your phenomenal show and listen to it online and, and all that stuff.
1: Absolutely, man. uh, So, at Scott underscore 1420 is, excuse me, that's the Twitter handle. And the show is, uh, it's on ESPN 1420. It's in Lafayette. I'm from here. I moved back here from New Orleans uh, years back and just kind of started part time. But uh, I, um, uh, it's a, a, look, Saints are the number, they're the number one uh, topic on our station most days. I could talk to Saints all day, every day. We have a lot of fun with it. Uh, I'm on from four to six every day. There's a uh, listen live link at ESPN1420.com. And then there's a free app called Radio Pup. And you can just download it on your, uh, you know, your Android or your iPhone or your tablet or your whatever it is. Uh, and, yeah, you can, you can find us on there, 1420, and, uh, and listen from the comfort of your uh, your earplugs wherever you are in the world.
0: I'm not going to lie. I listen to B- Beaumont Jones from 4 to 5 and I listen to you almost every day on my drive home through the app on my phone and Listen, it's it's good sport. It's good sports talk. You want your Saints? Go there. So people, Scott, thanks for joining us on Drunk History. It's been a pleasure. We we talked about doing it. We finally did it. Uh, 2010. It was. I don't give a fuck what people say. It was magical. And thanks for thanks for joining. <laughs> thanks. For- well, hey, look, before before we go, look, it was my pleasure, Ralph. I love doing this.
1: And before we go, are you drunk?
0: I am so drunk. I before the show since I had confidence in the audio that it would work because we did, we did a couple episodes before and we had some audio struggles, I was confident that it would work so I got the, I, I, I did two, uh, a beat of strawberry beers and I did two shots of Elijah Craig bourbon and I drank two bourbons while we were doing this show I'm completely hammered because the thing is, in my old age I cannot mix liquors I may have to throw up after this podcast. Like, I can drink a lot of one. Like, if I just drink Elijah Craig all day long, I could drink people under the table that say they're drunks and all that, and I, I drink them on the table. But if you just throw in – if you just mix in, like, one beer – or like something else I'm totally off the i I'm totally off the rails now. Because I can't I can't Scott, I can't mix. I gotta like pick a drink and go with it. And I thought that I was just gonna drink beer this whole time, but then I was like, Ah, I drank two beers, I'm feeling really good. I was just mixing a shot and it's bad. It's gonna be it's, like, You sound
1: like you sound like Sean Payton. If he would just stick with what's working when a player gets hot, <laughs> give the hot hand, give him the rock, but they gotta mix it up, he's gotta use his toys. And then it gets him in trouble, and we end up throwing up when they uh, blow a game. I mean, very I, similar.
0: It's, it's very similar. And I'm going to, tomorrow at work, I'm going to get nothing done. I'm just going to be coffee and hungover. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. I apologize to my employee. But, Scott, thanks for joining us, Guy. Uh, and thanks for everybody for donating. I hope this was worth your time. It was fun. Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints history possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints history is hard. That's why God made alcohol.